Jingle bells, jingle bells, Batman smells, Robin laid an egg. Ho, ho, ho. Welcome to Fits with the Founder. That's uh, about what I expected. <laughs> that's, that's, that tracks. <laughs> I'm your founder, Nick Sherburn, and I'm here with Cassie. Hello. It's Christmas. And yeah, coming. happy Christmas Eve for those of you who are listening on launch day. It's yeah, I've happening. been singing that song for like a month to my kids. Oh my gosh. They're only, not going to know only, the real one. What I do is I do jingle bells, jingle bells, Charlie smells, Wyatt laid an egg, and I oh, interchange their names. That's so cute. And they think it's hilarious. That They're not going to know the real one. They're going to sing in choir at school and they're going to be like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, it's um, we're in the thick of it. If you're a TikTok fan, it is definitely, it's the holiday season. We're getting closer and closer to 2022. So it's all happening. And I'm enjoying a pumpkin spice coffee right now. Disgusting. Disgusting. That's, ugh, whatever. It's delicious. Um, okay, so moving away from that, <laughs> the overrated flavor of the season, what um, underrated demos do we have coming? Yeah, yeah. so right now, I mean, with holidays, it's slowing down, but, you know, everybody that I've talked to is like, do you have the new Mizuno Pro demos? Yeah. Uh, the new Mizuno Pro line, the, what is it, 225, 223, 221, yep. um, all are being built and sent to the stores. Super exciting. We posted yeah. about it on social and everybody had a coronary, so yay, they're on yeah. their way. No, they're on their way. They'll be in there next week um, being built and we're excited about that and you know in the next coming podcast in January we're gonna have a lot of updates because a lot of fun launches for sure and if you guys haven't seen the Mizuno Pro irons yet go like pop onto social media or whatever like they look real good they're clean you got a blade you got kind of more of their classic cavity back and then you have a hollow body that looks like a blade but yeah. it's hollow body that's I think they're 225 they call it um, and all the numbers there's too many numbers <laughs> sometimes I feel like I'm that gif where it's Zach Galifianakis from uh, Hangover where all the equations are going on in his head. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel about naming of golf clubs. I stopped listening after you said Jif, but that's just me. <laughs> is it Jif or Jif? Gif. Gif, Jif. Jif is peanut butter. Gif, hard G. Mm, peanut butter. Yeah, real okay. good. Um, anything else? <laughs> oh, so winter promo. That's a thing. That's happening. Yeah. So Club Champion, we're still in the middle of our winter promotion, which is basically 50% off your fitting when you purchase 500 or more, unless you buy a putter, because then you just got to buy the putter. Um, that's happening through the end of January. So if you guys have like a little post-Christmas itch to go and get yourself a fitting, do it. Maybe you're going to get a gift card for Christmas. Maybe. You can use it. Use it for the winter special. Now, the, the uh, fitting has to be booked and used before January 3rd. 31st. Correct. Um, for this promo to work. But uh, yeah, get in. It's filling up quick. January's filling up. Get in there. Always, always, always. Yeah. Um, let's Whoa. see. Oh, God. Nick's just blowing up. Can't yeah. can't get 30 minutes of your time, man. Must be nice to be the founder. Delete. Okay, <laughs> here we go. Okay, it was definitely our CEO. No big deal. <laughs> um, what happened in, on tour? So we had the PNC, which was awesome. There was a lot of action there. Now, I was in New York moving our two stores into our new, well, temporary our temporary space that's going to be our new mega store down the road, but it was totally Totally sweet people. And <laughs> I haven't done a new store thing like that in probably five years. Mm -hmm. But I got called up when I was like riding a bike. But because of that, I didn't really get to watch it. I only could watch the highlights. But man. There were so many. There's so Tiger many highlights. and Charlie looked awesome. What about Tiger? First of all, I told myself, what, the last three episodes, I'm not getting myself, uh -huh. like, super excited. Watching some of the shots he hit, I'm like, uh-oh, I'm he's getting back. excited. Yeah. Yeah. I was way more excited about Charlie, which is a super weird thing to say because he's a 12-year-old. But he was, like, he was well, loving it. Well, his mannerisms it. are unbelievable. It's incredible. I think yeah. it, I was watching, I think the PGA Tour on TikTok showed, like, a side-by-side -side to Tiger of basically Charlie and Tiger super cut next to each other. They were both, like, rubbing their nose. They were doing the club twirl. They were picking up it's the It's mini-me, man. It 
It's it is so unbelievable. Good. It's so good. And they yeah. were one of the practice rounds. He sank a putt and like did the little money symbol with his hand to JT and Tiger. It was like, damn, this kid is like fly as hell. <laughs> yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting to see where he blossoms to. But He's I, awesome. I love where we're heading, so I like it. But it was cool to see Daly and his kid win. It it was. I I mean, I was rooting for Tiger and Charlie. They well, came in me second. Too. But this was a cool number. Two. That was a cool to have the Daly Charlie and and to see Daly on the 18th hole just sitting there blowing a cigarette and it's just yeah, the whole thing's hilarious looking like bad Santa yeah <laughs> you know very... what that's a good one he did kind of look like bad Santa <laughs> my but, man he was awesome though um, I didn't know his son was already a freshman at Arkansas yeah doesn't that feel weird yeah I felt like it was like he's two like years a... ago you saw him in this thing and he looked like he was 12 well and what's funny about that is a fresh yeah he's like not that much older than Charlie but when you really put them next to each other like driving distance and everything else like holy shit yeah. Daly's kid is just out here, man. Um, Jim and Tanner Furyk were also there, so just give a little shout out to our, our brand ambassador. Um, and <laughs> during the tournament, Nelly Corda got to meet Tiger for the first time and had like a legit freak out moment. That was all over social too. <laughs> I, I saw that, yeah. It was cute. She was like, hey, I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't want to bother you right now, but is it okay if we get a photo? It was the cutest thing ever. But I get it. Like, that's your- that's... Well, Tiger was super complimentary of her too. Yeah, that's like the mech. Well, and he looked up and like greeted her my name. And I just know that if my hero looked up and was like, oh my God, hey, Cassie, what's up? I would die. I would die. <laughs> but it was great. I would have tried to play it cool and be like, what up? No, no. Probably not. not. No. Yeah. As, Sounds good, though. As the man who opened this podcast with Jingle Bells, Batman Smells, I don't know how cool you can be. That's true. <laughs> never been never been accused of being too cool. <laughs> Uh, I don't think we had much else because we're still kind of gearing up for tour. So let's uh, dive in. I've got a couple very quick lightning round questions for Nick today because I want to hear his yay or nay, yes or no, answer and opinion on a, a few holiday-related things. Oh, boy. You, dude, you ready? I love yay and nay. I, well, I already know it's a yay for pumpkin spice, so we're going to skip that one. Yeah. Um, all right. Yay. Yay or nay, eggnog. Yay. Oh, I like eggnog. Regular, I like eggnog uh, with liqueur in it. I mean, I like eggnog. Ugh. Now, here's the thing. There's too much eggnog. Like, you yes. can't, like, you you have to keep it within the bounds. But yes, I love eggnog. You could overdo eggnog real quick, but I love eggnog. Now, I haven't had it yet this holiday season. I don't always get it because it's not something I run to, but I do like it. All right. Yay or nay, It's a Wonderful Life, the movie. Yeah, that's a nay. <gasps> You oh. like the old school stuff. I'll just be completely <laughs> honest with you. I'm not like that. Talk about traditional movies. Like, I don't, who's even in, I don't know anything about oh, that one. Oh my God. Jimmy yeah. Stewart. Come on, man. Okay. Yeah. All right. We need to get you on that black and white movie like, yeah. game. Black and white movies don't do it for me typically. Well, obviously it's a yay from me. Yeah. Um, okay. Yay or nay. Christmas caroling. <laughs> like the Weird Al Yankovic versions like I do? Uh, sh sure. <laughs> like where I make them up, I take the general themes and I make them up, then yay. A what about if like, one? somebody shows up at your door singing? Like, People like still do that? I hope not, but carolers? You know what? We should carol. Should we? Yeah, we should just get a group of club champion employees together and we'll just carol. We're going to get the cops called on us. That That's why I think it'd be awesome. Like <laughs> We would just be these hooligans going around. What are you doing? We're caroling. We're, We're caroling. trying to spread Christmas cheer. Slash COVID. Yeah. All right. Fair <laughs> Super enough. Super spreader party. Uh, um, so uh, let's go nay on that one. Okay, that's fair. Unless I'm... I get to call the shots and make it cool. Is there like a middle, like, is there a yay or a nay middle ground? Because I, I don't hate it. Well, I, I don't hate it. I like, I like singing Christmas carols, but I also like making them change the words and making them fun. <laughs> okay, so you don't count. All right. Yeah. We'll call it a nay. Uh, yay or nay, sledding. Oh, I love sledding. Same. Yay. 
So, oh yeah, hard. I yet. can't wait to slay. To sl- to slay. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. No. So yeah. No. I mean, like we have the farm, right? I think I've talked about that. Like we have all these hills, we have all these sleds, and we just sled all over the place. I love it. I think it's so fun. Oh, I've fallen off of like I've accidentally tipped out of a sled before and like massively rolled down a hill and almost killed myself. I do it even all the time. still. Love it. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, it's the greatest thing ever. Uh, yay or nay? Visiting Santa at the mall. Horrible. <laughs> <laughs> nay. So here's the thing. What we found through kids is you can make now appointments to do it, which mm-hmm. is way better than standing in line. So the actual doing of meeting Santa and doing that, I'm a yay. Sure. But the process of typically you go and you wait in line with everybody else at the mall, horrible. Awful. Yeah. Awful. I so, Yeah, no. General Santa, just going to see Santa, yay. If I have to wait in line, nay. I think I'm a nay across the board, but if you guys listen to the last podcast, you know why. <laughs> uh, all right. Yay or nay, secret Santa. Like in the office. Uh, nay. You don't like Secret Santa? No. I don't, I, no. Would you just like give money and just call it a day? Yes. Oh, lame. I'm okay. a terrible gift giver. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm a very, like, I like efficiency. Some people call it cheapness, but it's not. It's not cheapness. We talked about this. If I'm going to give a gift, I want somebody to enjoy that gift. Yeah. And so for me, it's like, let's say this. Maybe we put rules. I'm always about drawing lines and rules. So... I'm a yay if I if I leave it there and it, I know exactly what that person wants and it's great. If it's just a random gift I'm handing somebody, no, because then it's just random. I like Secret Santa because I like rewarding my, my friends and teammates, but it's also super stressful because I always inevitably get the person I know nothing about. Like, I don't know anything about this person and I got to spend $25 on That's my point is, is now I'm just going to give them something. I don't know whether they value that or not. Yeah. So did did we get anything out of it other than the mutual respect that you gave me a gift? Yeah. Well, how about I just give you a gift that you enjoy? (laughs) I think that's fair. I, I, you changed my mind. I would change it to an A. All right. Yay or nay? I'm all for gift giving. Let's just make it where it's, we're giving gifts that people enjoy. That's fair. Instead of, well, we, we're going to talk about it for people that don't know. We don't always film these in different rows. The interview you're going to hear, I have like the same gift like five different times <laughs> that I've never used. It's funny, yeah. but it, it's not practical. It was <laughs> No, it is pretty good. Uh, yay or nay candy canes? Yay. Really? I think they're so gro- hard nay. So I, I don't like the super thin brittle ones that break so easy. When I open it, they break. Mm-hmm. But a good, solid candy cane is delicious. I... I'm also not a sucker person, so I feel like there are some kids that grew up that love suckers. I don't like that. I'm, like, weird about my teeth. I want them to be, like, pristine and perfect. So I won't do it. But candy canes, it's like I take two or three, like, licks or whatever, not to be weird, and it's like I'm done. I could have put gum in my mouth and gotten the same flavor profile. I get it. I mean, I'm not running towards a candy cane, but I do enjoy a good candy cane every once in a while. All right, switching to New Year's topics. So yay or nay, the New Year's Eve ball drop? Nay. Yeah, same. Right. I mean, whatever. Don't get it. It's boring. Yeah. yeah. I'm also Have you ever not- seen the ball? In real life? Yeah. No. It's way smaller than you think it is. Is it? Yeah. Was it when you were doing the New York store this week? Was it there? I didn't see it. Oh, it's up all year. It never comes. It's not like it just falls and breaks. Well, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> To my knowledge, it's up all the time. I have seen it in my past travels to New York, and it's never as big as you think it's going to be. I heard that before. Um, Yay or nay? Nobody's ever called out the ball. I called it out. Called it out? Yeah. You got it? You got that pot shot in to an inanimate object? Got it. Yay or nay champagne? Yay. But it's got to be good champagne. There's a difference. Bad champagne can be dry and give me heartburn. Good champagne is delicious, and you can drink it like fruit juice. Uh, I don't really drink alcohol all that much anyway. And when I do, it's not something that's going to give me a headache. So I would say nay on champagne. But, but 
There are some morning drinks that include champagne. Yeah, I was gonna say, what about a, a mimosa? Mimosas, okay. You gotta get, so I, I'm weird. I make mimosas with pineapple juice and a little splash of grenadine, not orange juice. Interesting. It's soup, yeah. Like, Sounds delicious. It is delicious. Like, start your morning right, homie. Like, <laughs> 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 All right, last one. Yay or nay, the year 2021. You know, I have no beefs. Yay. Yay? Yeah. I mean, we had, personally had a kid. We, we The business was booming. Um, I mean, I just everything. My personal life and business life was pretty good. Yeah. I think it's yay for me as well. I think there are a lot of nays, um, just COVID and everything else. But I think overall, somewhat of a win. Yeah. I mean, for me, COVID's never really affected my life in two years because I have kind of a weird sheltered life to begin with. Or maybe some people just say I just don't care in general. Um, not about COVID, but in the fact that just how... I operate. Yeah. So like for me, like this has been an interesting two years. I like change. I like, you know, how we're, it's just been good. I, I've, I've had a good run and I'm very happy with it. So yay. Yay. Awesome. I would, I would say yay too. The business this year has been incredible, which is a good segue into kind of a preview for 2022. This is our last episode of 2021, which is awesome. Um, we are going to come back in 2022 on the same cadence um, pretty early in the year. And just as a little sneak preview for y'all, um, we've obviously had some wonderful guests, including the guests that you're going to hear today, Avery Reed. But in 2022, you guys are going to hear from some higher profile guests as well. So expect to hear from people like our ambassadors. There's going to be some big name folks. Yeah. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. For those yeah. of you that have been listening, you know who our ambassadors We're are. We're pulling out the big guns. Okay. It's about as on the nose as you could have been. We're pulling out the big guns. <laughs> Well, you know, it's not to say none of the guests. We've had some great guests this year, to your point. All great guests. But um, we've left a lot in the chamber. Um, you know, now we're 20-some episodes into this thing. It's mm -hmm. time to unload. We're going to do it. We're going to yeah. make it happen. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening this year. We will see you very, very soon next year. But stick around for a few more minutes so we can talk to Avery Reed from Mitsubishi and Aldala. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Avery Reed, the tour manager for Mitsubishi Aldola Golf. Avery, thanks for coming on. Yeah, Nick, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You know, I think for our listeners out there, you know, one of the fun things we like to do is bring on all these different people that have been in all these cool situations around golf. And uh, obviously you have a good one with that title. Well, give us a little background. What uh, What is the tour manager for Mitsubishi Aldola Golf look like and how did you get there? Um, well, tour manager. So I go out to every single tour event, uh, you know, normally travel out on Sundays, work with the guys Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, actually moving into my ninth year. This will be my ninth season out on tour uh, for Mitsubishi and loved every minute of it. But yeah, quick, quick background. I mean, I guess I can make a whole podcast out of just that. But uh, to make it quick, you know, I grew up in Colorado, uh, played college golf for University of Colorado, Colorado Springs, and then got sick of the snow. So moved uh, to Palm Desert and lived out there for a little while and worked out there. I was the assistant at uh, Bighorn Golf Club during all the battle at Bighorns. And that's kind of where I got my first glimpse into, you know, the behind the scenes of the tour and kind of from there just wanted to go onto the OEM side of things so moved to San Diego and I started working for TaylorMade as their uh, fitter at the kingdom there at their headquarters and that eventually moved into you know I drove one of their tour trucks for years uh, doing you name it LPGA champions it was nationwide at the time filling in on PGA tour so kind of got the full spectrum there and then you know had a family so that travel got to be a little much and 
a position opened where I did all the custom club fitting and ran the fitting center at TPC Sawgrass for a really long time. And then, you know, Mitsubishi found me and asked if I wanted to be back on tour. And here I am. That's awesome. So, you know, um, I, I'm really intrigued by this because we don't always get to, we get to talk to a lot of designers and stuff. We don't get to talk to sometimes always the people working directly with the players. So you go out on Sunday night, as you mentioned, and what is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday look like at this tour event for you? Um, you know, it's, it's chaos. Um, you know, we kind of always make the joke on tour. We're like a traveling circus. So, you know, all the trucks usually roll in Sunday afternoon and they're set up. So you have all the big semis there. Um, every OEM is there and, you know, obviously then the guys start coming first thing in the morning, Monday, uh, especially the ones that missed the cut and had some extra time. And, you know, what we do is, you know, it's, it's pretty much upon their request, but we're there to service their needs. And if they're anything they're working on or anything that they need to improve we're there to help and you know it's kind of a nice relationship between the oems and doing the component side and i'm on the shaft side of it and just kind of putting together what's going to work best for the player and i mean are you working directly with the player working with their reps how does that like how do you create those relationships out there with the players you know it's all of the above it and especially you know i would say coming from the oem side to a shaft side there was a big learning curve there um you know, on the shaft side of things, we don't have any players under contract. So we walk a really fine line out there. I mean, like you mentioned, I mean, relationships are key. Um, with my background, I've got great relationships with a lot of the players out there and can work directly with them. But, you know, again, there's a lot to be said with the OEMs and the OEM reps um, who have relationships with these players. And it's, it's balancing that out and balancing the relationships with the OEMs and with the players. But I mean, so you, you say you don't have any tour players, you know, particularly under contract, but we know just from watching golf every week that a, a, some of the biggest names in the world use your shaft. So do you feel like the biggest name ever in the, the last, <laughs> the biggest name ever <laughs> um, and others as well um, use your shaft. So do you feel like your job is exponentially easier because you kind of have that sort of, sort of notoriety because you're in those players bags, or do you feel like that makes your job harder because it's like, man, I have to balance all of these names and they're not technically under contract, but everybody sees them playing us. Like how, how does that work for you? You know, I, I don't know if it makes my job harder or easier. Um, obviously, and when you're in a lot of demand, I mean, that's that's really important. But really, the fact that the guys are playing our shafts, it just speaks strictly to the quality and performance. You know, Mitsubishi makes a great shaft, and, and that's proof in itself is that these guys, you know, they have several options out there nowadays, especially more each year seem to be coming out, but every one of them seem to go towards Mitsubishi. And, you know, that's great for us. It just, it proves the fact that we make great product. What do you think like from a, like, you know, I think most of the golfers that come into a club champion, they don't really know much about shafts, right? They're, they're learning from us and, and there's not this awareness. Like on the PGA Tour, do you, do, is there awareness or is it like you're having to, you know, I always use the Days of Thunder reference that uh, Tom Cruise always said, you build it, I drive it. Yeah. Like what are, like, the, do the tour guys know or are they just like, what are they, what is the characteristics when they come? What are they, what are they talking about or what do you have to show them in order, you know, to get in the scene? 
You know, it, it, that's kind of a funny question because I, I think you can actually relate guys that are coming in for just your standard club fitting or tour players. But, you know, it all depends on the personality and understanding the player. I mean, there's certain PJ tour players out there that have absolutely no idea about shafts and, you know, they leave it all in your hands and say, you know, make me something that's going to work. And there's other players that are, you know, they do their research. They they read everything that you could possibly read on technology and, and they know more about the shaft coming into it than um, most people would believe. You know, I've always said that from the little I know about going out on tour and the tour reps I know, it really seems like the general golfing public and the tour, to your point, isn't that much different. Like everybody's still learning. Everybody's looking for that perfect fit. Correct. A hundred percent, you know, and I think in club fitting world, um, whether you're doing custom club fitting or you're doing working with tour players, you know, the one thing that I found is that no matter what, the player's always going to adjust to the ball flight. You know, whether it's a 30 handicapper that's, you know, slicing it off the planet or it's a tour player that keeps pulling it left, you know, if the equipment doesn't match up with their swing, they're going to adjust just based off what they're seeing alone and before they realize they're actually making changes to their swing. So you've been, you know, in, in, in kind of playing off that as a fitter. So, I mean, you've been fitting forever. You were a fitter with Taylor made at TBC of Sawgrass, and now you're working with the best players in the world out on tour with Mitsubishi. I mean, do you have a specific fitting philosophy that you use or something you use on the PGA Tour? You know, I don't know if I would call it a philosophy. Um, I would say, you know, my my ultimate goal, whether I'm fitting, you know, the weekend golfer or I'm fitting a tour player is to make them better you know, at the end of the day, and obviously there's different ways to fit, but, you know, I think the three keys to fitting to me have always been its relationships, trust, and experience, you know, and number one, if you build a relationship and the, and the player or the, the weekend golfer can learn to trust what you're saying and they know that you're credible, you know, that goes a long way. So, you know, there, there's definitely a relationship there, um, you know, and as far as, you know, the type of fitting, you know, obviously there's, there's different types. I mean, if you're going to have your weekend golfer come in and you just like, you know, I play in a Saturday group every day and I just want to hit the ball better, you know, you're going to fit him different than somebody that comes in and they have their instructor and they're like, Hey, look, you know, this guy's way out to in and we want him a little bit more into out. What can we do? You know, and, and that fitting process is different, but at the end of the day, it's just trying to make the golfer better. Absolutely. So um, one of the things I always think is interesting, and I, I find this, and we kind of alluded to it earlier, but I feel like Mitsubishi, like two, like the tour players out there, whether LPGA, Senior, PGA, that play Mitsubishi, all the shafts, like they stick with them. Like obviously one of the biggest names in the last 25 years has rarely ever gone away from his Mitsubishi golf shafts. And so many more that you can go up and down the list really the same way. I mean, Part of that's got to be the product. Part of it's got to be the relationships you guys are building out there, right? Yeah. I mean, it's both, like I said, and you know, it's understanding, it's understanding the OEMs, it's understanding the player, but really it comes down to consistency. And the one thing that I hear out there a lot, which is a compliment to Mitsubishi is that, you know, and and again, going back to the trust issue is that we always make product. And when we say it's going to do something, that's what it does. You know, these guys can read through anything, especially when you start dealing with 
best players in the world. I mean, if you tell them the shaft is going to do something and it does complete opposite, you know, you lose trust immediately. And that's the quickest way that they're going to transfer out of it. Now, I've always said this to customers through my 20 some years of having club champion and talking about when we talk about Mitsubishi products is one of the coolest things is because Mitsubishi is such a huge worldwide conglomerate, pretty much everything that goes into a Mitsubishi shaft is somehow owned by Mitsubishi, right? So it's kind of this whole process is controlled in one spot or one kind of company umbrella compared to other uh, vendors that may not do that, where they outsource a lot of different things. Is that still true to today? And do you believe that plays into it and is a great selling point for the consumers out there? A hundred percent. Yeah. You know, I mean, we are in control of the, the shaft building process from start to finish. And, you know, in a lot of the exotic materials you see added to, you know, for example, the new Diamana line or the Tensei 1K Pro, you know, that's material that Mitsubishi is making itself. So we're in full control of that. And that just, again, it goes back to the consistency standpoint. When you have full control over it and you're not outsourcing it, you know, it's, it, you're, you're going to have something that's a lot more consistent than everybody else. Since we're talking a little bit about design, I have a question that, and I think it changes from manufacturer to manufacturer. Um, but when you're on tour with the guys and girls and you hear feedback from them on specific products, how does that feedback and how does your role kind of play into what's taken back to, you know, R&D and the design team? Like, how are you kind of the missing link between tour and them? Or is there another process? How does that work? You know, I, well, I think that, yeah, number one, you know, especially when, when we come out with shafts, we'll generally start them as a prototype and we'll look for feedback where we can make any running changes that we need. But, you know, our, our engineers and our product development play a huge role and we pretty much have the shaft figured out before it even hits tour. Um, In fact, Thursday, I'm going to go out and what I'll do is I'll get a bunch of guys together, you know, and just we'll, we'll spend all day on the driving range with trackmans, launch monitors, everything you can think of and kind of go through a testing process and I'll get feedback from them before that even starts. And then that's what I relay back to the engineers. And so by the time something actually hits tour, it's been tested several times and by several different players. And we kind of have a good idea of the direction that it needs to go. That's awesome. Do you know how many shafts you have on in play on tour right now? Um, yeah, I would say, I mean, if you're, if you're counting all through the bag, it's quite a bit, you know, we're usually number one, number two in shaft count, um, pretty much every weekend, week out. It just, you know, that number can change just depending on the field that's playing. So it's a hard number to say exactly, but yeah, no, um, understand. It's, it's, we're always up there. What and I think I got a hat hanging in my office here. What you have over 500 wins too, right? Over 500 wins, you know, and that's something that we pride ourselves in. Is you know, um, not only do we do we have good product, but we have product that consistently wins. And I mean, we're more than I think double of any other manufacturer, shaft manufacturer out there when it comes to wins. Well, there's a certain cat out there that helped with that. that's for sure i'm gonna get killed by my other vendor friends but you need to work on charlie's iron shafts maybe (laughs) (laughs) that kid played outstanding didn't he i was gonna say he doesn't need the help he's doing just fine yeah i'll be seeing him in a few years he Um, was incredible 
I had another interesting thought I was thinking about, like, you know, what, like, what, I think I know the answer, but I'll let you say it. What is, what, what has been the most popular Mitsubishi golf shaft on the PGA Tour? Diamana, hands down. Yeah, that's what I figured you were going to say. So, I mean, Diamana's been there since day one, obviously, so it's got lineage over anything else. But, I mean, there was still players probably up until last year that we're playing the original blue board you know it's always been that's always been our staple that's always been you know our top of the line shaft and you know it's something that guys feel comfortable with what about Aldola? I mean, Aldola, I mean, for maybe a lot of the listeners out there, Mitsubishi acquired Aldola, whatever it was now, three, four, five years ago, yep. and really taking Aldola to the next level. What, what are, is Aldola still getting a lot of play on the PGA Tour? And what's maybe the more popular Aldola shaft out there now? Yeah. So, you know, we launched this year, you know, we, we, re- we worked really hard over the last year and a half and, and we've kind of tried to just re revisit Aldola and create something a little bit different. And we've been very successful with that. Um, you know, we have the new Ascent line out on tour and then we also have the Synergy line out on tour and Synergy has been fantastic for those guys. I mean, it's, it's a lot like Diamana. Um, the Aldola, the original Aldola NV has been around forever and guys love it. And there's another top player that's currently in it. And Synergy is just kind of that typical, you know, shaft for that guy that absolutely loves all those. So we're still seeing success. And then Ascent was something that we did a little bit different and just created a different profile. You know, it's got a lower balance point to it, and but it still has a lot of stability. So um, just doing something new out there with Aldola has been a lot of fun too and, and piqued a lot of interest. Avery, are you allowed to tell us what's in your bag? I can tell you what's in my bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, obviously I played the Diamana PD and driver. Um, I have Tensei AV raw blue right now in fairway woods, but I'm hoping that that's going to switch out here shortly. Um, we're working on some stuff on the line and, uh, MMT iron shafts, obviously in the, in the irons, those have been a home run for us and, and unbelievable. Yeah, I've been seeing more and more people on. I mean, I think you got a stable players out there on the PGA Tour playing those. Yeah, we actually for MMT, I believe we had uh, nine nine full sets in play at the players, which you know the players is the best field of the year, and then uh, they also the MMT's got their first win at the WGC this year. Are you seeing more of a trend to tour players getting more um, comfortable uh, testing and possibly putting the graphite iron shafts into play? I think so, you know, and, um, you know, I, I would say that over the last year, there's been a big, a big change with mentality, um, you know, especially with Bryson, you know, trying to stretch the limits and how far he can hit it and trying to change designs and, and lengths and all of that guys now are, are starting. I mean, they're all so good out there. They all are just, it's like we talked about earlier, everybody's just trying to find that next niche. So, you know, I think five years ago, if you asked a guy, if he would be willing to test graphite, you know, in his irons and back then too, the graphite wasn't as good, but you really wouldn't have a shot. And I think now guys are, are definitely more open to trying different and exotic things. Yeah, we see that in our stores, you know, uh, 15 years ago, if I tried to introduce graphite to somebody who probably wasn't a traditional graphite player, they thought I was nuts. I'm yeah. starting to see it more where, you know, I tell people all the time, I go, listen, 
graphite used to be that way. It was maybe not as consistent or it was limited in its skews. I mean, now you can get graphite as heavy as steel, obviously way lighter than steel. You can get it as stiff as steel. You can get it obviously. So you have this wide spectrum now you can do with graphite because you have so much more ability of manufacturing with graphite. And then you can also get the tolerances tight. So I think it's just a, one of those things that I'm seeing. People are starting to get over that hump. It's still got a long way to go, but it's good to see that even the best players in the world are kind of changing their mind because I do think at the end of the day, there's a lot of performance benefits for a lot of players out there for it. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I think now, especially getting some sets in play, it's kind of turned some heads, but you know, we did one of those prototype testing sessions. We were down, uh, down at Sea Island last year and we had a ton of guys in that would normally not even look at a graphite iron shaft, but since we were just doing a bunch of testing, they hit it. And I mean, a lot of them just by the second shot turned around in shock, you know, and they were impressed that they could, you know, for the longest time, especially even back in when I was fitting at TaylorMade and everywhere else, you know, if somebody needed to launch the ball high with the irons and get more spin, you went directly to graphite. And now we've kind of flipped the tables where we can create a ball flight that's really similar to steel. Um, and it just has better feedback. So, uh, Cass, you might have to help me with this question. I don't know if I completely understand where we're going with this one, but with the advancement of equipment and fittings, who do you think is the best golfer? I guess I think the premise of the question, Cassie, was is, do you think if you put Arnold Palmer in today's technology would, or like shaft technology, would they be you know breaking the history books today? Is that what it, we were going for, Cassie? Yeah, close enough. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a funny question. Um, you know, I still think you, you could probably put four guys, you know, from the top of the in the top. Right. And and they would play competitively no matter what equipment they had. But, you know, it was funny. I remember working. Uh, I think it was the BMW playoff event in Colorado maybe three years ago. And I want to say it was at Cherry Hills. And I think it was number one. Arnold Palmer drove the green with a persimmon uh, driver. So they had all the guys off number one hit a persimmon. They had them hit a lot of ball with a persimmon head to see if anybody could drive the green. And a couple of the long hitters, I think, put it, you know, in the green side bunker. But, you know, it, it just goes to show. I think it would be an even playing field between all of them. That's always been my argument. My argument, even with Jack and some of them, and this may or may not be a hot take, I don't know, um, is it's the depth of the field, not necessarily the equipment, because I think Jack and Arnie and Gary and all of them are or would be just as skilled regardless of the tools that are in their hands. But I think they maybe just didn't have as much competition or as deep of a field as the guys do today, because I think if you put Arnold Palmer up against Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, Tiger Woods, and so on and so forth, even in his prime, those guys are operating on a different level, but I don't think the equipment is a hundred percent of the reason why. No. And I agree with that. I mean, to be in in the thing, the biggest thing I've seen over probably the last five, 10 years is that, you know, and you have to give all the credit to Tiger Woods on this is the mentality of the players has changed. You know, I think you take Jack and Arnie and they had that fire, no fear in them already. And not a lot of the other guys did. Um, Not to say it was much different, but I mean, these kids coming out of college now, they all grew up watching Tiger. And, you know, back in the day, if you were leading on a Sunday, it was aim for the middle of the green two putt and go to the next hole. And and now these guys are all no fear and they're firing right at the pins and trying to make as many birdies as possible. Yeah, I love that. Um, So before we get into a couple, you know, personal questions to kind of get to know you a little bit, is there anything you can tell us about the near future for Mitsubishi and Aldala? Anything that we might um, have on the horizon to look forward to? Yeah. You know, um, I would say the one, the one cool thing about Mitsubishi is we try to keep things 
simple from a fitting standpoint. So, you know, generally speaking, and you can see it in the Diamana line, you can see it in the Tensei CK line is we always have, you know, white, blue, and red. You know, we have our low launch, low spin, mid launch, mid spin, high launch, high spin. So obviously we're seeing a lot of success on tour uh, with Tensei 1K Pro White. Um, and we're in the process of working on, you know, coming out with the blue and looking forward to that. Um, we're still reinventing uh, some fun things for all the so I'd be on the lookout for that. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot in the works and it's a lot of fun and, um, definitely we never stop inventing or recreating and coming out with new product. Okay. Let's get to the fun questions now. Oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Nick, hit him with the first one. Okay. The first one, actually, I think this is interesting because I have a good answer for this one. What is the best or worst golf gift you've ever received? The worst golf gift, you know, it was funny. I would, but worst I was, or best, best or worst, your choice. Um, or people. The, it's always the people that, that aren't in golf that know you're in golf that try to get you gifts. Yes. Um, <laughs> you're just the golf guy. You're like in a category. Yeah. I don't know if I could say what's the worst, but I have opened some stuff where I have just been like, Oh, okay. You know, big shirt that says four on it or something. Somebody saw something golf related and it gets sent my way. And um, you know, I would say some of the best things I've gotten, you know, I don't know if I'd call it a gift, but you know, Ricky Fowler did a big favor for me once and my daughter was in love with him. And I remember he took and my daughter spent all weekend making a picture frame for him with a picture in it. It was just, you know, she was four or five and it was all paper. He saw it and she was hoping he'd autograph it and instead uh, took a picture with it. So being able to bring that home to her and show her the picture with Ricky Fowler holding the frame was pretty cool. I am jealous of a five-year-old. Yeah, that's <laughs> I love Ricky Fowler. <laughs> I, you awesome. know what gift that I think of? Um, and this is a weird one, but I can guarantee you've all seen it. Um, it's a putting green that you put, it's like a toilet mat, but it's a putting green. So while you're sitting there, you know, go to the bathroom, you can putt. <laughs> that's impressive. None of that surprised me. Not one of those words you're, you're that came out of his mouth. Seen that? It's like the greatest gag gift ever. They sell them like everywhere. And it's like this mat that you're supposed to put by your toilet. It's like a toilet mat. and But it has this little putter and a ball and there's a hole on the mat and you can sit there and just putt. And it's pretty funny. I've never actually used it, but I've been given it like six times. (laughs) (laughs) Consistency is key. Yeah, <laughs> that is uh, awful, but also hysterical. Right. I, I mean, I, my the driver that I used. This is before I worked at Club Champion, obviously, because you know fitted drivers are what's up. But before I worked here, um, I got my Cobra BioCell driver. It was the first time I ever got a Cobra driver, and I got it for Christmas. And I, I definitely still have it. I may or may not use it, but I definitely still have it. It was like one of the best gifts I've ever gotten. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Um, that's good. Okay. So best and worst, we kind of covered them both. And then Nick and I answered this on our last episode. So for the listeners who are maybe listening to this outside of, um, launch day, we're kind of in the midst of holiday season. Christmas is basically this week. So we, Nick and I talked about the most underrated and overrated parts of the holiday season, just as a whole. So Avery, what do you think is the most overrated part of the holiday season? Overrated part. Huh? That's a good question. Um, I would have to go. Wow. That's a great question. Maybe I think I would go with the ugly sweater. I think that that's got <gasps> overrated. And, I'm, I'm wearing a sweater right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> they're everywhere now. It used to be funny. You'd see them every once in a while, but now it's like that. I, that's all you see. Not that I don't like it. I just think it's getting overrated. He's backpedaling now. We've got him backpedaling, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'm not an ugly sweater guy. I've never owned one, but um, I, I, yeah, I get it. I, what did I say was the most overrated? I don't even remember now. I, oh, wow. You pay so much attention to our podcast. <laughs> we, we just talked about the traditions. Um, and I think generally speaking, you and I are aligned where for overrated, it's like the food's pretty overrated and all of the traditions that kind of come along with the holidays are kind of overrated, but it's also you because you're inundated spice. with it. So yeah, you think pumpkin spice is overrated, but I'm enjoying a perfect pumpkin spice coffee right now. It's so <laughs> gross. It's so gross. Yeah. <laughs> And this is the guy that doesn't like pumpkin pie. He likes pumpkin spice lattes, but not pumpkin. Like you, you're an enigma, sir. Yeah, it's a texture. It's a texture thing. Ugh. I also will only use a number two pencil and no other pencils. It's a texture thing. That's the weirdest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it's a test when you were younger. <laughs> oh man! Actually, it's funny. Even with club field, club building, like there's certain graphite textures that drive me nuts too. There's certain yeah. shafts, like when I grab the raw end or whatever, it'll drive me nuts. And then certain ones that won't. I can't That's wait it. for your weird. kids to get older and start saying stuff like this to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Avery, we really appreciate you taking the time to come on today and, you know, your busy schedule. When, when, uh, the tour is kind of firing back up, right? So you're going to be back on the road quite a bit. Yep. Uh, well, I get a little downtime, spend some Christmas time at home and then, uh, yeah, it's right back at it. So looking forward to starting a new year. Well, I guess it's already started, but we're, uh, continuing the year. How about that? Actually, I, I take it back. I got one more question. We'll leave the listeners with. Okay. Yeah. What is your favorite tour event to go to every year? Uh, you know what? And it's not because I lived at TPC Sawgrass, but the players, I really enjoy that turn. I think that they do a great job putting it on. I think everything about it is really fun and it really is. It's the fifth major of the year. So, you know, if you don't have a chance to go to the majors, I always tell people TPC Sawgrass. It's so good. It was my first big event. It's so good. So yeah. don't go back and listen to any of our podcasts because I have a hot take in one where I say TPC Sawgrass is an overrated golf course. <laughs> yes. Spoiler. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Actually, the golf course next to it, I think, is almost harder where they used to hold the web finals. That one's tough. Oh. I a, do think it's, it's a great golf area. course. I think that golf course is just so different from when they play it at the PGA to when you play it as a normal human without the stands and everything. It's just a little different feel to me. And I think that's why I always say that. Yeah. It, you know, it was funny though. One time I played out there with, uh, played with VJ and I remember going into 17 and drop a ball. I grabbed my wedge and he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm going to hit a shot. And he's like, no, you're not getting the cart. And we went back where the stands are behind the, the tee box. You go back up over this hill. He had his own little tee box. And I think it was like 215 yards to that green made it. That was a difficult, that was a difficult. Ah. Yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> now finally Avery thank you for your time today and uh, good luck in the new year I appreciate it thank you for having me on hey everybody thanks for listening to Fits with the Founder remember to rate review and subscribe to support the show and if you want more equipment content follow Club Champion on Instagram 